0: Well, hello there. This is Christy Walsh, and we are surfing the psychic waves today. I have a special guest in the studio with me. Her name is Elizabeth Pendleton, and we've talked before about all sorts of astrology waves. So welcome, Elizabeth. Well, hello. Happy New Year, and
1: hello, (laughs) surfers. How's everybody doing? Wild, wacky
0: year, right? Oh my gosh. It's only February, and uh, (laughs) we're I'm just going to pretend that January just sort of came and went event-free, Um, but as most of us know out there, I'm sure it was very eventful, but I can't explain it, so I'm just going to skip over January. So now...
1: <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about a
0: Saturn-Pluto
1: conjunction and turning direct on an eclipse, No.
0: No, it's I think it, that
1: never happens.
0: Exactly. I'm not sure how I was even affected, except that I know I was and I'm still still a blur. So, but now the sun is in now. Aquarius. Yes. Yes, it is. So maybe and, we can talk about and, what that means.
1: All right. Yes. Yeah. So um Aquarius is one of our air signs. We have three air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And it is the fixed one, meaning it is holding the energy of the season. Um, so the cardinals start the season, the fixed hold the energy, and are kind of considered a stabilizing influence. And then we have the mutables um, for each season, and those kind of finish things up and prepare us for the you know, onset of the new, the, the following season. So our it's our fixed air sign. It is, um, its ruler is Uranus in modern astrology. So this is technological innovation, breakthroughs. Um, yeah. It can be kind of known on a personal level if you've known these people. Um, if you've been graced by an Aquarius in your life, you know, they they can be, kind of uh, quirky or offbeat, definitely unconventional. Whatever the convention is, they <laughs> will go up against it. And, um, but they're really fun for um, that kind of outlier energy or people who can come into a situation, put a lot together very fast, assess it, and come up with a whole unique different take on it. Um, and a, a unique way to describe it. And and, and they, they can, I think one of the only kind of complaints about them is because they're air and detached, people accuse them of being a little aloof um, or maybe not emotionally sensitive. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's air, it's detached, it's intellectual um, and, and rational. And so, um, and sometimes you need that, just that clarity uh, and focus. And that can really help us because um, we are in the shadow of the mercury retrograde period we just hit the shadow yes two days ago um, we're recording the show on the fifth so it was the third um, and that mercury shadow point which is the point that Mercury is going to get back to at the end of its retrograde um, is twenty eight degrees of Aquarius so we're gonna we're gonna get these energies, we're going to revisit them at about March 9th. Um, so what happens is Mercury then goes into um, Pisces, and we have a whole different energetic coming on board with the Pisces energy. So using some of those Aquarian energies being sort of detached, able to not get caught up in dramas, whatever they may be, or carried away with one's feelings or, <laughs> um, um, you know, emotions Where Pisces can, um, it has no boundaries, you know, it's Neptune ruled and, and, and we really can go into escapism and fantasies and get a little too far out there. Um, the, the Aquarian ability to stay rational um i think it will actually be very helpful and scientific um mm-hmm. especially with some of the you know the events that are that are, are beginning to unfold
0: yeah so mercury you know we we talk about mercury retrograde and then it's you know oh god the mercury retrograde we we kind of have this collective sigh (laughs) but mercury is um and correct me if i'm wrong but it seems to help us out with communication and transportation and sort of the flow of goods and services and stuff around the globe so um is it's It seems like Mercury is also quick-minded, too, um, or quick-witted. So in a retrograde, it seems like we get to examine um, communications again, or we get to take a look back. How would you describe, like, a retrograde after so many years of astrology?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, So one thing that I would say out of the box is that they are unique to the signs that they happen in, in other words, like you were just saying, Mercury is very, also very intellectual, concerned with information, data. Obviously, that's a comfortable match for Aquarius. That's very scientific, very technologically oriented. Both of them have that in common. Um, and uh, in its own way, Aquarius is sort of a global thinker. Um, it's got that humanitarian aspect to it. Um, but from a very, um, you know, again, I keep using the word rational, but, but, you know, let's, let's be able to put things into concrete terms or, or make something actually work mathematically, you know, the logistics. So, um, what happens, for instance, in this retrograde is, um, it starts technically, it runs from February 16th through March 9th. Now, um, by the, 16th, it will be well into Pisces. Um, and so it's going to go back, uh, start moving backwards on the, on the 16th of February and get back on the 9th of March to that 28 degrees of Aquarius. So just barely getting back into Aquarius. Then it stations. So if you guys hear that term, stations direct, that just means the retrograde's over. Um, and then it's got to work its way forward again and hit those same degrees of Pisces. Um, so we, we end up going through a lot of this same territory three times, right? So that you know while mm-hmm. Mercury's direct right now, it's going to pile through it, and it's going to go back over it, and then it's got to almost like if you reverse the car, you got to drive over that same space again. Um, so we're good. We're this is why we. Associate it with slowdowns. Um, and in those sectors, yes, it's, it's um, home signs are Virgo and Gemini. So we have those elements, logistics, global travel. So in this situation, we would definitely expect slowdowns in that area. And for Mercury, a lot of this time is going to be spent um, over the next couple of months, in Pisces, which is not Mercury's <laughs> favorite. Now, a way to use it. Pisces is known, you know, for the artists and the musicians, and maybe yeah. the, you know, uh, you know, it's, 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 it can be associated with drugs and addictions and, and going way too far out there. So, you know, for rational Mercury, this is not usually. However, like what I always tell people is try to find the way to work with this so creative writing for anybody who likes to do like writing prompts or things just as a problem solver, even if you just are a business and you owner and you're brainstorming, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because Pisces pulls in from the spiritual realm. It's those downloads. Um, yeah. spiritual principles, religion, but in a very, in other words, those, those maybe ethical codes, um, do unto others, or do, you know, again, uh-huh. doesn't matter which particular school of thought it comes from. It's just like that's a universal kind of principle, right? And so Pisces takes that holistic view. It does, it definitely has a spiritual element and a creative element. So, if there's um, some time that people want to use on some of their creative endeavors the next couple of months <laughs> with this prolonged Mercury visit due to the retrograde is going to be a good good time. But I would also say, you know, let's also be honest and let people know that these retrogrades will, um, you know, for things that you need to plan on having together you're just going to have to be extra diligent about it you know this is the the typical like backing up of files and of course this is the time a lot of people start planning taxes so it's a it's important to go what are my long term goals before i turn in this form <laughs> Is that matching <laughs> with you know what my bigger financial you know uh, picture is instead of getting like oh yeah great i'm getting some money back this year and not thinking like okay wait a minute um am i you know do i Put things in the right places. Do I, did I really have all the forms? So it's going to be time to, um, expect the delays, order things early, you know, just have as much sort of prepped as we go through it. And that way it doesn't hit you as hard. Um, and know it's going to be in the way out there Pisces thing, which is going to throw a lot of nebulous energy into the collective. Because it's not only Mercury and information and misinformation in a retrograde, um, we also have Neptune in Pisces, of course, for that long, long transit. And so Neptune's back there just infusing the whole wheel and all of us with its energy, which is really hard to put one finger on, let alone nail down. It's water. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, really, I don't I, know if you've ever tried to nail down water but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I thought Neptune and Pisces would bring a lot more sort of interesting aspects to art and maybe that's actually happening but we're in it so we don't really see it um, but it seems like it should have been like a big art movement or something like that and uh, we're kind of midway through I guess the Pisces journey so yeah guess we still gotta we gotta wait for neptune
1: to get it together well no and i think that you're uh, But see that's the thing at all i i I think like neptune that's its whole thing is you don't because it's so sort of invisibly working um it's it's known as kind of the infiltrator right you know it's um an infiltrating energy it diffuses it it infuses it's not a tangible like hammer nail you know it's uh just sort of seeps in. Think of like fog, <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you know, kind of from the Bay area, you know, the beautiful fog. Um, and it, you know, just, I mean, it, it's kind of magical um, and good for some things, but it, but it is really cool. Right. When you walk out and you're like, Oh my God, it's awesome. It just changes the way the whole city looks right or feels or even a street that you thought you were so familiar with. <laughs> And you go out yeah. in the fog. So so Neptune, I I and I think your point is so wise that yeah, we won't it, it's gonna take perspective in probably you know, maybe five, ten years after twenty twenty six when Neptune is finally fully left Pisces for us to say, What happened in that long, long period from twenty twelve to you know, twenty twenty six? Yeah.
0: So uh, it, it, on top of the Mercury retrograde aspect, you mentioned March 9th, but then when is the Mercury retrograde like, cycle like over?
1: Yes. So it, um, what I look at more and more the longer I do this are those shadow periods coming in and out um, mm-hmm. that I was describing. So when I say on, on February 3rd, it hit the shadow. So that's the first time it hit 28 degrees of Aquarius. And that's where it will get back to on March 9th. <laughs> It'll start the retrograde on the 16th of, of uh, February. Um, I think it's going to be about 11 degrees of Pisces. Um, and, uh, so it starts making its way backwards. Um, and so, um, yes, yeah, so 12, sorry, 12 degrees, uh, 53 minutes of Pisces. So, you know, pretty well mm-hmm. into Pisces, but it's going to go backwards 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, so on. And, just touch back into those late degrees of Aquarius. So kind of questions that people have right now are things that they're maybe looking for an answer for. And I'm thinking like kind of with this whole Corona situation, mm-hmm. um, this may be when some of the data finally kind of clicks through, like, okay, this is what it is. This is how we handle it. Or this is where it came from. And Mercury retrogrades are good for rediscovering things, you know, okay. um, we go back. We find information that we didn't have before. Um So yeah, and then so I look for when it first goes into the zone, as we call it, and then we've got to look for it to clear the zone. So remember when it stops going backwards on the ninth of March, it's then got to go, you know, finish Aquarius and then go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and Pisces, and then move past the shadow point, which is you know the twelve degrees. Of Pisces, um, and then finally finish out. And so um, it's doing; it takes it all the way um, to March 16th before it re-enters Pisces again, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't leave Pisces until April 11th. So <laughs> we've got a lot of Mercury in Pisces coming up. Um, so just people, I, I mean, it's just what I'm kind of telling people is: the more you can be, go with the flow and fluid. In your planning and have flexibility because this is a mutable water sign Pisces, um, so very different from fixed air. Um, so, and again, because Neptune's in the background, and it will of course make a conjunction to the Sun when the Sun goes into Pisces on February 18th. Um, you know, we're we're really gonna have a lot of that. Just sort of extra Piscean. So I'm just telling people, you know, go with the flow, um, have your plans and things, but check them very carefully. But as much flexibility as you can kind of build in to things, I, I yeah. just think the easier that it makes it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Having, giving yourself a little wiggle room for plans to change. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tr- tr- Neptune.
1: Sorry, but Sun and Neptune uh, conjunction. The actual date is March eighth for those are those of you who are playing along at home. <laughs> oh, Sun and Mercury, oh. Sun and Neptune, yeah on the on the ninth, right before a full moon. <laughs>
0: that should be confusing. Oh yeah, tell Let's me about the full out. moon. I forgot about that. <laughs> you know, it's funny we look at all this astrology and then like I forget about the moon. <laughs> It's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, those, those moons are, are really good times to uh, tune into this stuff because and the way for people, like hopefully if this, this helps people know um, if they feel like I haven't caught up, it confuses me. Um, it, as long as you know where the sun sign is, when you see the full moon while the sun's in a sign, the moon is always in the opposite sign. So in other words, like you were saying at the top of the show, the sun is in Aquarius.
0: Yeah. The opposite
1: sign of Aquarius is Leo. We have a full moon coming up on over this weekend, um, depending on your time zone. But about the you know late Saturday night, Sunday morning, um, and so that full moon is going to be in Leo. And then in March, when I was mentioning that date, the eighth is the Sun Neptune when they actually connect in Pisces at eighteen degrees. But the next day is a full moon. Opposite sign of Pisces is Virgo. And so it's going to be a full Virgo moon at 19 degrees, so a lot of strong um, Virgo energy coming in there. So that, that way people always kind of know what moon it is as long as they know, oh, yeah, we're in the sun sign of all my Pisces friends or all my Aries friends or whatever it is. <laughs> the moon is always in the opposite plane.
0: Yeah, I seem to keep collecting Aquarius people. it's really funny i know so um (laughs) they have been amazing to talk to over the last couple of weeks um just because like you're saying they can just
1: come to an analysis
0: yeah exactly (laughs) and i (laughs) kind of need that they
1: what they think they're not worried about everybody's feelings and they're not like mean they just say what how they see it, they call it as they see it, almost like Aries, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's such a unique take on things that you're just like, I mean, I, I really enjoy that about them because they're, you're just like, oh my gosh, this person is not gonna <laughs> just go with the status quo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's absolutely, and kind of, you know
0: take me on to think <laughs> a little differently. Um, yeah. So I, I like that. Um, and then yeah. when you're talking about the sort of, the time of Mercury in this retrograde period, it seems like it would, because it's in, there's so much Pisces in the background kind of influencing Mercury. It seems like this might be one of those times where you could start that like super gratitude, you know, um, process or uh, like a, a new mantra. Like it might be kind of interesting to like use this retrograde period to to bring that new thinking and like hold it for like that whole time. So from now until let's say March 16th. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and because yeah Pisces definitely has that beautiful meditative monastic, spiritual, holistic quality, and that is a wonderful idea, you know, and just that I, you know, it could be whichever thing, like a gratitude thing, a forgiveness thing, you know, this is also in Catholicism where we do Lent, right, and that comes up during that time of year, and so that reflective quality is so much, and that contemplative um, uh, quality, are very, much part of the Pisces energy. And yeah, we, you know, now that, now that we officially have, you know, Mercury going into that territory, um, it's, it's, it will be with us. And like you said, just being amplified, um, by, by Neptune. So having a spiritual practice, um, I think it's just a great way to start from anyway, cause it, then it, you see your whole day differently because you're seeing through that spiritual lens. So you have more, compassion which is another Pisces word or you're able to see things um, and experience them from a more heart centered place you know which I think makes us more tolerant and more forgiving and more kind
0: yeah we got to get to the kindness so we're going to take a little break and when we come back we're going to talk about Mars and Venus what are they up to okay all right Hey, I would love to hear what waves you're surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call 1 456 7277. That number again 1 456 7277. back surfing the psychic waves i'm your host christy walsh i have a special guest star surfer today elizabeth pendleton and you can find out more about astrology and readings from elizabeth at elizabeths so welcome back elizabeth hello there <laughs> hello there so first part of the show we talked about the sun we talked about mercury and I'd like to leave them alone for a while and talk about Mars yeah. and Venus and what are they doing?
1: Oh, my gosh. Good. Yeah, these are all these personal planets. So there's, there's two things I want to start. Um, well, interestingly enough, the day that the Mercury retrograde starts um, uh, on the 16th of this month, Mars changes signs and it goes into Capricorn where it will mm-hmm. be till March 30th. Um, and that's interesting because it's basically there's going to be a lot. You guys know that pretty I mean, a lot of your listeners would know Jupiter's in its year run of Capricorn. Obviously, that's where we have the big Saturn-Pluto square that we won't talk about. <laughs> <In> January. <laughs> and, uh, um, I know, I know. And we have the south node there. So we do have, even with all this way out there, Pisces energy, we have a lot in Earth sign energy still to keep us grounded, keep us present, keep us in our bodies, you know, like, and of course, Uranus is in Taurus, which is a whole other matter that we will not even open that can of <laughs> but, but we do have Earth energy is what I, I'm trying to convey, and Mars, I think it's so interesting that as things get a little wonky with not just a Mercury retrograde, but the one in Pisces, which is probably the wonkiest of all the Mercury retrogrades, Um We've got a lot to keep us grounded and it's just interesting to me that as Mercury will come out of the shadow period, Mars will have been holding the ground the whole time all the way through March thirtieth in Capricorn. Um and so you know, that's a also a very industrious energy, um, productive, it will be supported by Jupiter. Um, so those two working together for, you know, even in the midst of chaos and, and things like that, um, you can really actually continue to get a lot done with that Mars energy, which is, is, I mean, it truly is just energy, the ability to to get things done. And it being in Capricorn, our our cardinal birth energy, um, meaning the kind of thing, it, because it's not fixed and just stable, like let's just... They study, it's really ambitious. Um, the cardinals initiate, they get things started, they keep going, and so then you add the Mars drive to that so we can actually, even through this weird period, we're going to be in the next two months, get a lot of stuff um, accomplished and that's what Capricorn things is accomplishment, achievement, setting goals, and um, attaining them. It's symbolized often by the mountain goat. So you know, it just keeps working at them, breaks them down into little steps, and uh, just continues working at them till the goal is attained. And so, and I think that that I like that idea for people, and just in my own life because we all have big plans, big dreams, or whatever. That kind of Neptunian, Neptunian energy, but being able to put it. In a practical, pragmatic day-to-day, you know, the little chunks or what we might call action steps, Um, I just think it's so helpful to people because then they don't feel overwhelmed. They know, okay, I worked on my website today or worked on my
0: bio or my book or whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? It's just, um, it kind of helps us kind of break down all the big dreams into smaller bites. Exactly, exactly.
1: And Venus, I'm really glad you brought that up because it's, that one is going to be more and more important now on Friday, uh, as, you know, we're taping this, um, <laughs> on the 7th of February, she does a run through, um, Aries, which is not her favorite place because Venus is obviously very concerned with beauty and decorum, and Aries is like, "Hey, <laughs> me first, <laughs> you know. Um, I'm here, you know." And Venus is like, "Oh my gosh!" Um, but what what this energy is good for and it'll be for about a month um, is people who are overgivers. You know, Aries' opposite sign is Libra, and if you guys know Libra energy. Yes, it's the scales. Yes, it deliveries. but it can also be incredibly indecisive, and it's always about other. And a lot of times, we'll compromise what we want, trying to please others. So, if, for people listening who are not good at saying no, <laughs> um, Aries, this this Venus through Aries transit um, till March fourth, so February seventh to March fourth. Even if it's just in your journal, when you imagine conversations, you say, well, what I would have said or what my Venus and Aries would have said was, I want you to do this or no, I'm not picking up the (laughs) kids after school. I mean, even just as a practice, like if something's infringing, it's a wonderful, assertive, and it's Venus, so it's always going to be polite or considerate, but it's a very good time for people to practice standing up for themselves and asserting their needs. If that's an area that's really been in deficit, you know, where they, they you know, keep being run
0: over, should <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So this is my month to tell people off in a very nice way. Yes. <laughs> now <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's, that's, yes, exactly. But the other thing that I, that you're leading into, and this has just been a, a, you know, my recurring theme with clients, and I've been saying it for about a year, is that on the global. Stage. I do think Q2 of this year is where we get some kind of economic bump. And, and again, I'm not going to get into like anything political or overly specific, but we've got a come May, we've got mm-hmm. Venus going retrograde and Venus enters its retrograde zone in early April, um, April 9th. And it is retrograde, um, it goes retrograde in May and does not come out of the retrograde. <laughs> Let's see here, May 12th to June 24th. And we only get a Venus retrograde every two years. Mm-hmm. And Venus is money, and so is Jupiter. And the problem is um, Jupiter, so Venus goes retrograde May 12th. Jupiter goes retrograde May 14th, um, two days earlier uh, than the 12th. Saturn goes retrograde May 10th. <laughs> um, and at that time of year, um, Pluto is also retrograde. Um, so, and at the tail end of the Venus retrograde, so the Venus retrograde is again, is just so I'm not confusing people, May 12th to June 24th. Well, our next Mercury retrograde will be June 17th to July 12th. And so we're going to have a pileup at that time of um, so many, you know, Pluto, Saturn. Venus, Jupiter, and Mercury retrograde at the same time. And my, my concern is Jupiter and Venus are moneymakers. <laughs> and so those two being backwards at the same time um, can definitely signal some bumps in the nodes change positions at that time. And then we've got two big eclipses, um, June 5th and July 5th, um, and sandwiched in between. Another eclipse on Solstice the twenty first So that Q two just to me looks pretty wonky and it's also our first adventure of Saturn into Aquarius. Well, Q two to me looks like you know um, after we come out of the confusion of Q one, you know, we'll have some Aries energy to kind of move us forward a little. But I would just say for people like planning things and thinking things through for the year. Watch out for the Venus retrograde. Um, it can be a sign of things slowing down. So if things do slow down um, economically or for people, or there's some, this is maybe the, where some of the waves from the slowdown caused by the virus end up manifesting, don't yeah. freak out. It is, t- uh, like, it will pass Um you know, it's over June 24th and then, you know, Mercury will come out of this retrograde and, and we'll, you know, kind of get get things back on track. But I just want to point out that there's a time where if we were looking at a stra- astrology and going, hmm, you know, is that likely to be, we're all making a lot of money or things could really slow down a bit. That's definitely on the, I would err on the side of caution. And, but to let people know, hey, it will pass. It does have a start and end date. So I don't think it's like the whole world falling apart.
0: Wow. That's really good information. I don't think we've been at this um, when we've been taping the show. We've been, at, you know, we've had enough distance between when it, something might happen <laughs> and where we are. This is great. So we can do a little prep work even during this Mercury retrograde as we kind of look at, you know, our money spaces and, and what's going on there. Um, Because I think Q2 is also a really super busy time for, you know, finishing up the school year, um, preparing for, I don't know, future travels or just other vacation type of activities. And, you know, those summer months, I I guess, in the Western Hemisphere become kind of a big deal. So um, I, I think I like that we can talk about it now.
1: Tessa. Well, yeah, and, and and the funny thing is, you know, I've been saying to clients, like, for a bit over a year, and, you know, just my personal reading Q2, I just don't like seeing a Merc, you know, a Venus retrograde at the same time as the Jupiter retrograde. Jupiter. And we get a Jupiter retrograde every year, so, uh, you know, that's nothing new. But the Venus one only comes every couple years, but being coupled at the With same Jupiter. time. And then let's throw a Mercury retrograde at the end. <laughs> like, ah. Oh. Um, and, and that's just a time of, a, but now that I'm seeing like the Corona thing start and I, you know, me, I watch a lot of, um, business programming and, and from a lot of sources all over the world, you know, it's inevitable that, that we're going to have some, some, you know, we're already, seeing see some impact in travel and, you know, airlines, hotels, things like this. So. That means people don't have jobs, you know, the people who are dependent on, on those industries. And, of course, our compassion is first and foremost yeah. with, with the people, you know, dealing with the, with you know, the, the, the care providers, those who are ill. And that's like another beautiful Pisces thing we can do is just send prayers and thoughts because it's real energy. It really goes somewhere. So looking at that first from the compassionate place, but also understanding just because we're dealing with 13% of the global GDP, <laughs> you right. know, we, we, there, it's inevitable that there's a, so just, you know, it's not panic stuff, but it is a take into consideration. And then as Q2, you know, comes closer into view, I think we're starting to see how kind of what I've been seeing for over a year kind of takes form.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, tell me about some of the eclipses. I, I think you just said about, there's like three of them, like super
1: close together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So we just finished the, the one that dare not speak its name. <laughs> so, no, we, um, we, we just finished that colossal one, guys. And and it was no joke. I mean, January really was intense. And you and I had talked about that the last time we were together, that that, that space of January 10th and 12th, was it was destined to be big and global because... We had a full moon eclipse on the tenth. Um, that was part of a series that had been underway uh, for at least eighteen months. Um, and on that same day, big old wild Uranus went direct. And when Uranus moves, we all feel it. Like like when it changed signs in. 2011, and I remember it to the day. Yes. It was the day of the Indeed. of the of the of the earthquake and tsunami in Japan. I mean, it was like yeah. there is Uranus chasing signs. So it's it's pretty seismic. Um, but two days later, from January 10th this year, we had the Pluto um, Saturn conjunction. So it was just huge, you know. So so we knew, you know, that was going to be strong. Now we're coming out of that cycle of Capricorn Cancer. Eclipses. We have, um, just two more left, um, on summer solstice this year. Um, we have one and then we have, uh, on July 5th, uh, uh that one's a new moon. Uh, so, okay. so, yeah, um, so on, um, now what's gonna happen in Q2? And that was another thing that I think just changes. The um, energy we've had the nodes of the moon, um, which you and I have talked about, south reflecting past past karma, past lessons, and past experience that we get to bring into this life. Mm-hmm. Um, north describing what we're heading for, what we're wanting to learn, and um, they have been south in Capricorn and north in cancer, bring an emphasis to how do we take care of each other more? How do we take care of children, families, home, all those kinds of things? Well, they're shifting. And so the North Node is going to go into Gemini on the 5th of May. So in that Q2 busyness, um, that means equally at the same time the South Node goes into Sagittarius. Um, so that really changes up the dynamic because it starts to put the emphasis on the mutable signs or the pressure. So you Cardinal people can be like, <laughs> we're almost <laughs> done with our Eclipse cycle. <laughs> Cause even if you're not a Cancer or a Capricorn who's been, you know, getting the brunt of it, if you're an Aries or a Libra, you've been squared by those eclipses and those node positions. So now that kind of shifts on to the mutable um, sign people. So these are our Gemini's Virgos. Sagittarius and Pisces so and that cycle lasts about 18 months of the eclipses that series and um, the, where the nodes change with them so yeah so June 5th we get our first taste of what's an eclipse in Gemini going to feel like <laughs> um, yeah. and so that's a that's a, an eclipse and so I'm sorry that's the full moon one and that's going to be at 15 degrees of Sagittarius so again Sagittarius and Gemini's. This is where eclipses bring revelations. They, if there's stuff that you're supposed to have been changing, and you've been like, yeah, I'll get to it. This was probably when it's, you know, gonna come up and be like, no, really, you've got to deal with that. <laughs> um, and then on the summer solstice. On the 21st, it's actually a new moon, um, at baby new moon at zero degrees. So that one shouldn't be, I mean, it's just nothing after what we went through last month because that was at 20 degrees of cancer. This is just a zero degrees. So hopefully more of our happy summer solstice <laughs> celebratory energy. And then on the 5th of July, um, we get, and this is uh, the last one as far as I'm aware. Um, in the Capricorn cancer cycle, we get a uh, lunar eclipse, meaning it 's a full moon um, at thirteen degrees of capricorn so we, we finish out that this year that 's another big change is is that the eclipse cycle and the nodes shift out of cancer Capricorn and move on to Gemini Sagittarius, Sagittarius. so
0: that should be pretty good for like storytelling and communication and analytical stuff, I would imagine. Yeah,
1: socializing. Gemini socializing. loves to socialize, and it's curious about the world, you know, and and Sag and is the world traveler, the philosopher tries to make sense of it. Yeah. It's so hard to reread Pulse, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that, so at least we get, so we have a lot of opportunity when we say Q2, we mean April, May, June, um, yeah. but, uh, but it seems like by that solstice or july 5th we get sort of more of a like what was this all about kind of coming together kind of atmosphere i like that yeah absolutely
1: and and the sense that things really are shifting that we're coming out of um you know, Capricorn, I, I, you know, personally, I love Capricorn, but it can feel really heavy to people because it's, it's Saturn rolled, right? <laughs> so, and, and that's, that's the year's other huge thing at the end of the year. Um, Jupiter leaves Capricorn, Saturn finally leaves Capricorn. That's the other thing that we're playing with in Q2 is Saturn barely gets into Aquarius. It's going to bring us back to the beginning of the show. And it yeah. experiments in there. But then it hits its retrograde on May 10th. So it goes back into Capricorn um, in July. And But that Q2 from May 10th through July 1st, and, um, we experiment. It's almost like looking like, wow, what does heavy karmic Saturn, the Taskmaster, feel like? in aquarius this sign that loves freedom being an outlier upsetting the apple cart and bucking convention and saturn's all about convention so it's a real fun i just think it's a fun place for saturn which is not the plan. <laughs> fun, Right. i just think of capricorns i know and they, we just joke about you know how like melancholic and serious and you know they 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 are. Um, if you've ever tried to get one to laugh, it's like, oh my god! See, that's supposed to be funny. You're supposed to laugh, and you're like, you know. Um, so yeah, so it's the, we we just got a lot bubbling into Q2 that's going to take us to where we end up at the very end of the year. Uh, yeah, when when both when both Saturn and Jupiter end up in Aquarius, ready for. A really
0: big cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a little break here and come back and talk about that a little bit more of Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius. Hey, I would love to hear what waves you're surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call. 1-760-456-7277 That number again, 1-760-456-7277 Hi, and we're back surfing the psychic waves I'm your host, Christy Walsh, and my special guest star surfer today is Elizabeth Pendleton. You can find Elizabeth at elizabethoracle.co, and she's been uh, reading folks for a very long time. She's a light worker, astrologer, musician. So welcome back, Elizabeth. Hello, and
1: hello, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for (laughs) hanging out with us today.
0: (laughs) I feel like this, because we talked about Pisces energy first, it's like we went Really deep. <laughs> it's like the longest <laughs> astrology show ever. And yet at the same time I feel like, oh, we could talk about Gemini and Sagittarius and that's so uplifting. <laughs> so uh yeah. but now before I go over there, I'd like to talk about um I guess Saturn ending up in Aquarius and Jupiter ending up in Aquarius. And it's so yeah, towards the is, end of the year.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of fun because in a certain sense, you and I are doing the show just like where you started with the sun and Aquarius. <laughs> so yeah. it all does, you know, kind of come around. And as I was thinking about it, what does this all sort of really mean, right? And so I would say 2020 is such a year. We're going to look back and see it as a year of a lot of transformation. And I know that can sound a little cliche and generalized, but it really is the shifting of one. We've had so much in Capricorn, and, and these Saturn transits last for two and a half years. You know, kind of through to three years, depending on the retrogrades and stuff like that. But you know, that is a very heavy energy. Saturn symbol, you know, the metal that's associated with it is literally lead. <laughs> so, and it's stoic, <laughs> and you know, it's this, um, you know, that that idea of the taskmaster. You know, the discipline, which again can help us. Take like the big dream into action steps. Um, but Aquarian energy is revolutionary. It's radical new thinking. Um, it's got a genius kind of element. So these are scientific and technological breakthroughs. It's like where you go, Hey, this is where we all shift it over into, you know, um, a different kind of currency and, you know, th- those kinds of things, um, medical breakthroughs. Um, um, I think food is going to be a big part of this. Um, And we're already seeing products, you know, being engineered that are more vegan, but protein-based and just ways of feeding the world where we, you know, um, and and this is also part of the the Uranus and Taurus, but to stick with Aquarius, so interestingly enough, I'm glad we got on to talk about the eclipses shifting because December is, it's kind of part and parcel and none of us, when we try to break it down into a single element that's to help people understand but obviously you look at a wheel an astrology chart all this is going on at once so we're just trying to understand each part then put it together so on december 14th there's a total solar eclipse uh new moon at 23 degrees of sagittarius which is a lot of sagittarius sagittarius is symbolized by the archer's bow it's, excited. it's Curious. It's looking to the new horizon, and I think that's so interesting. So the 14th, you know, new moon eclipse, total solar um, eclipse. And then um, the 17th, three days later, Saturn goes into Aquarius for good. And on the 19th, two days after that, so within five days of this eclipse, Jupiter enters um, Aquarius. And then on winter solstice, our solstices are so big this year. So this is mm-hmm. the sun entering Capricorn. Jupiter is conjunct Saturn, but so those two meet up exactly in Aquarius. Now zero degrees. So it's, it's in 29 minutes. So it's not massive Aquarian energy, but they connect. And so Jupiter is expanding energy. Saturn is exploring almost this whole new world. It's like if you've just been working in a basement and you get to go upstairs and look around <laughs> <laughs> and the house happens to be on top of the hill, you're like, oh, oh my God, I was in that basement for three years. <laughs> like, what without... No, this is going to feel really different and it's going to be a sustained energy um, because Jupiter stays in a sign for about a year, um, so figure December-ish, of 2021 um, before it leaves. Um, And Saturn stays, I know it's sometime in 2023 that it leaves Aquarius for good, Mm -hmm. which means we have a strong, you know, stay for working with this energy. And um, so this development of new technologies of radical new ways of doing things, um, who knows how we're going to use the internet, how we're going to use, Biology breakthroughs and all that yeah. stuff, but it's also working with big old wildcard Uranus, which was Aquarius in Taurus, bringing into the tangible, you know, the Earth sign, fixed Earth sign. So, um, yeah, that's, and, it, and it's just going to feel like a different age. Um, and then we sent off this commentary, I'm pretty sure it was our friend, Chris Brennan. Um, oh, Yeah he his team, they were all saying, we've all heard about this mythological age of Aquarius, and different schools of astrology have all been sort of arguing the last few decades of when does that actually start. And, you know, don't hold me to this, but I'm fairly sure that what I heard Chris say is, like, they all finally come into agreement that with this epoch of Saturn going in there, they're all finally agreeing, yeah, we're in the age of Aquarius. And this just makes sense at the start of the decade. So while 2020, we're still going to be, <laughs> as mm-hmm. I'm saying, I think this is the year of transition. We taste a little of it in Q2 when Saturn dips into Aquarius, but it doesn't even get up to two degrees. retrogrades back into Capricorn for the rest of the year. And that it's just late December around that solstice that everything, you know, gets preceded by an eclipse and then it all starts. You really do enter a new time and feel, it feel very different.
0: Wow. Well, I like that. The end of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, planet. <laughs> Thank you. It's like finally some uh, good end to the story. Fun. Yeah. It just seems like we've been trying to figure out what to do with ourselves and our world and our workplaces and, all the legal stuff. And I, it just seems like we've been trying to figure out stuff for so long without, you know, an end point um, with these planets in Capricorn that it seems like, oh yeah, there is a structure being built, you know, with all this new yeah. information. And, and I guess um, that Aquarian energy brings that humanitarian piece into, mm-hmm. in, into everything again. And so, It feels like we're moving towards something much more fun and light, and uh, where we can take care of each other instead of me versus you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the the words that came to me when you were saying that were heavy duty, like the years, these years have felt heavy duty. However, what I will give that credit for, this Pluto that's been in Capricorn since 20. 2008, you know, it has been cleaning out the systems and the corruption and we, we can't build the new on faulty infrastructure, right? You know, like you wouldn't build a bridge. (laughs) It's going to crumble. So this cleanup we've been doing is to a purpose. And so when we get to that new age and new space, yeah, we know those stanchions are going to hold that space, you know? Um, Yeah. So, so it's it's been to a purpose. So yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's been hard. Okay, so we're going to kind of review the show a couple more times in the in the archives and in on the podcast again, uh just to make sure we got it all, but definitely uh Q2 we're going to pay attention to what's going on with ourselves and our world uh from now through June at least, the end of June. Yeah. So Oh, thanks so much for kind of breaking it down for us and taking us through all these different movements because there's a lot uh, to think about here. So the Mercury retrograde seems welcome. like really easy. <gasps> like that's yeah. that's like, yeah. oh, no problem. I can handle Just that. Go with the flow, sure. Yeah. Just
1: go with the flow and go with, it's going to be a little wacky. Put your wacky yeah. glasses on and have, <laughs> have fun with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can, can do, do that. So thanks so much, Elizabeth. We have Venus up next, and then Summer Travic and we're really excited that you all tuned in to Implode Radio. Thanks.